This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hi, Alice Pod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parking or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's Swindon Town. Oh, we're back. Joe, we're back. Hello. Hello, Rich. Long time no speak. Oh, it's been a long time. We shouldn't have left you. Um, I've not really missed this. Not the presser side of things, but being on the Swindon beat. But hey, the juggernaut, it has to start again. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a little, a little bit of a while for me as well since that uh, that crew game and the podcast uh, afterwards. I was glad to get a few mentions on from, uh, from the player ratings perspective. But um, yeah, it's, it, it really feels like a long time since since last we spake. <laughs> it really doesn't. Yeah, you were getting momentum with your ruthless clickbait exercise. So to, to miss a week, it ruins your plans. It's gutting to be out of the game for what, what will be three weeks by the time Wimbledon rolls around. But uh, I guess I guess people are just going to have to hope that there's loyalty instilled now from the anger that I managed to get out of people curiosity more than anger i would say oh you like to hope so um the the twitter replies might say different now joe apparently there's a world cup on how have you been enjoying it i hope uh, i've been enjoying it very much so we've we've just um as we record G- germany have just gone out at the hands of japan and uh the sl- sl- smallest sliver of football possible so it's it's been great fun so far i think a lot of nil nils but exciting nil-nils and also just some wacky madness yeah Costa Rica in this competition conceded 11 goals and yet with 15 minutes to (laughs) to go at one stage had qualified insane yeah it doesn't really make sense what what has happened in general but specifically to Costa Rica that 
all all of a sudden one one goal in the last ten minutes took them through, and they were beating they were beating Germany and had beaten a team who had beaten Spain and Germany, but. No, it doesn't make sense, but I love that it doesn't. No, and and how do you feel about the Winter World Cup? It's it's not grabbed me. I've not vibed it. I've I've watched the England games. I've enjoyed two of them, but it's it's not grabbed me like I want the World Cup to grab me. Now, if we went and won the blooming thing, don't get me wrong, I'd have, you know, I'd be topless down the streets of Bristol just like the rest of us, but. Yeah, it's not grabbed me. Well, I'm, I'm disappointed you've not been feeling World Cup fever. I've been loving it, working from home, oh, being in a not particularly busy position at the moment, especially about the Swindon games, having to do that stuff, because today was the first time I'd actually missed a game in its entirety, which is the uh, earlier kickoffs, um, because it, it's, you know, it's, it's just great to be able to watch Saudi Arabia upset Argentina at 10am in the morning and just be going absolutely mental in my front room. Yeah. And not have double maths, you know, or anything like that. It's the adult world, isn't it nice? It is good. I hadn't realised. <laughs> um, we're talking World Cup. It's not Swindon related, but let's be honest, a large part of this presser is World Cup related, mostly down to one Johnny Williams. And it, it kind of went the way we all expected it. He got called up. Missed two games and didn't play a single minute. Well, let's go general at the moment. What was Scott Lindsay asked about the World Cup generally? Well, he was he was sort of asked about Johnny Williams's position specifically, and you know how how he'd been finding it. Obviously, I think the closest Johnny actually came to getting on was when the uh, the cameraman in the England game I think assumed that he was a right back because he was warming up during Neko Williams's injury, and then uh, obviously didn't come on, but. Yeah, it was. He's, he said he had a bit of a chat with him via text yesterday and talking about his experience. He seems to have enjoyed it, even if he wasn't able to get on the field or even particularly close by the looks of things. But yeah, they seem to be. He, he seemed to enjoy that aspect of it. Um, I was disappointed to learn that they're not making Williams fly straight to Gatwick and then go to Crawley that day. <laughs> but uh, they, they are giving him the week off. And then, and then aside off from the obvious Johnny Williams angle, he's, uh, he said he's not really watched too much of it. He's been very busy with, with all things Swindon and getting the training done. He's watched the England matches and Spain, who he very much enjoyed and were annoyingly close to going out in the end. But you know, I, I think he's been trying to do a little bit of learning, but there's not. Um, I don't think he's engaged with it. He's engaged with it more on your level than mine, I think. <laughs> there, there was a bit during this World Cup where Johnny Williams, I think, was interviewed about that video that he did in 2016. Was it 2016 or 2018 when, when England didn't progress or they lost to Iceland? I don't remember. And it was at that moment where it was like, oh, you really are just here for vibes, aren't you? But in a week or so time, we will see Johnny Williams versus Chris Gunter at the county ground. Wowee. Yeah, at least we've got that the um the Gareth Bale's best mate showdown. Um, I think if if nothing else, yeah. But I mean, all joking aside, and Scott Lindsay was asked about this. Just again, fourth tier club with a player at at the big show. It's not to be sniffed at, is it? Absolutely not. And he said, um, I, I don't think this was an answer that surprised anyone particularly. But he's the only player that Scott Lindsay has any ever coached who has been to a World Cup, which is you know on on his from his end, a pretty cool thing to have been able to do, to coach someone who's been. And I think we've said multiple times on these and in the podcast generally that it would have been great if we could have seen him on the pitch, but just to have a player there whilst you're in the fourth division is 
it's just something that is not really ever going to happen to to most teams. No, it's not. I'm a bit annoyed that now we've got like a 50% ratio of players who've been called up and actually played at the finals. So uh, Alan McLaughlin and... Jan Agafjortov both played, but now Maslowongo and Johnny Williams didn't go, so now we're at 50%. Yeah, it's not a great batting average now, although I think, again, we're just going to have to blame managers. There is There was no reason for Johnny not to come, come on at 3-0 down against England, and Maslowongo deserved to come on for Australia. Yeah, absolutely. But I think the fact that nobody seems to be retiring, like us English are just like, well, they're all going to retire now, aren't they? They're all just going to be like, well... I've done my bit, but it doesn't sound like any of them retiring. So maybe they harbour hopes. Yeah, the vibes continue. That was, I think, basically the only question asked of Gareth Bale. I was like, are you done? Like, shouldn't have thought so. They're, uh, they're, they're looking to continue and see what they can do, even though most of that team looked pretty crocked by by the time they actually turned up in Qatar. Yeah, are you sure, Gareth? You know, you don't have to say it now. Just give me a wink, you know, just you're done, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Morse code it with your eyes. In terms of Johnny Williams as, as a player, as a Swindon player, it was inevitable again that Scott Lizzie would talk about how much he's been missed. Yeah, it was. It was. It was the answers. <laughs> what, what, what did you do about him? I mean, we we only really missed him for one match because we enforced the one against Tranmere. But yeah, I mean, he's he's a pretty incredible player. I think Scott Lindsay, He said that obviously we miss a player of that sort of level of talent, and he, he says that pretty much every manager we play against when they have a nice glass of wine after the game, brings up Johnny Williams and how how influential he is in the games. But you look towards, again, his, his precious stats. We've, um, we've had 56 box entries and shot nine shots on target and several other good chances that didn't even hit the, the goal in that crew game as an example of, I mean, we were still creating those chances even without Johnny Williams. It was, you know, we're not... He's become a poacher this season, but he's not necessarily the guy you think is going to be finishing them all off. So I guess from that perspective, it wasn't like a massive, massive loss. Swindon should have been fine without him anyway. They just forgot how to finish in that game against Crew. Mm. And 30 box entries is good. Yeah, anything above 30 is good. We would I, That was clarified and we had 56, so very good. Splendid. I'm a little bit worried that any dip of form that Johnny Williams has in the immediate future in a Swindon shirt will be immediately sort of, well, this is what you wanted, wasn't it? You wanted him at a World Cup and now he's 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 flopping. I hope, I really hope he, he comes back rejuvenated and, and fresh from all that lovely weather. Yeah, I wouldn't expect it to impact him too badly. Everything that Johnny Williams has said to us when he was, you know, you could have forgiven him for being in full World Cup mode. He was still very much all eyes on Swindon, all eyes on taking this team up a division. So I, you know, I think he's certainly got that mentality to come back in no problems, and and you know any any dip in form which we hopefully don't see would be largely coincidental. Mm. Okay, well the World Cup circus departs Swindon, and now we focus on the town in the league. So we've all had a break. I've enjoyed myself immensely. As Scott Lindsay, and what's he been up to? Yeah, he's you know he's had a bit of fun. He's he's been able to get some rest. It comes up in my questions later on when. I decided to ask, uh, just how, how is he doing? But um, yeah, he's he's been in, he's enjoyed his time. He's been able to get away from it a little bit, and then they put the the hard work in that they felt that they needed to do. Obviously, uh, the large the large line out of the crew game is we we're actually a bit annoyed. We have to wait for two weeks now, but they 
it sounds like they've very much used used the time well. They've been working hard trying to get everything right again, and hopefully Crawley isn't like that last game where you know they inexplicably lose. Yeah, I'll be really interested to see whether this is this this enforced break will have a positive uh, outcome for Swindon as opposed to uh, a negative one because that that crew game was another stinker, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was just frustrating. I, I felt after about 65 minutes that they were finding as many different ways as possible to miss chances. And, you know, and, and then from then, they made, got a bit frustrated and let, let the housery get to them. But, you know, it was, it was just incredibly an annoying watch from a Swindon perspective that, that they took nothing from a game where they had almost entire dominance. I forgot about the housery. Oh, it was significant too. It was very significant, especially with it being from a an Oxford alumnus in Dan Edgy in as the main. Oh, that of was it. good fun. You wouldn't have seen the the, the best bits of that from your uh, Arkle's vantage point, but ah, oh, it was it was sublime and infuriating all in. I forgot about that. <laughs> oh, what a rotter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, by the end, it was sort of take your hat off and <laughs> applaud him for, for the goal and the, the levels that they went through to do it. But you know, it's, in the heat of the moment, it was very annoying. I, I think he was trying to get someone sent off. I honestly thought it was there was there was about a three minute spell when it was so ridiculous that I was just convinced he was trying to get somebody to lamp him. Didn't happen. They won. We move on. Very busy injury chat. Some good news, some bad news, but mostly positive, isn't it? Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll start with the positives. McDonald and Clayton look very much ready to go. Um, they said on Rashawn Hepburn Murphy that, that, that there would be a chance of this weekend. This is what they were thinking. He might come back. He's not quite ready yet, and they don't want to rush him back in and they'll give him the extra week and hopefully Wimbledon should be go time for him but we've got those two centre-backs straight back in which is good news because the bad news is Kean Harry's is absolutely he's not done but yeah. it's it's bad yeah March I think wasn't it yeah March it's a grade four hamstring tear which is a significant one he's out for a long time and for a player who just got in the team for the first time, that's got to be absolutely gutting for him. Yeah, only a one-year contract as well, isn't it? So uh, really, really tough. And, you know, we he's had his critics. That's tough on the guy. And, and hopefully he gets back a little bit sooner. But, yeah, not good at all. Is, is there any concern that we're bringing or potentially bringing McDonald and Clayton back together at the same time would you would you have one on the bench and one start depending on their fitness or if they think they're 100% on we go well we got from Angus McDonald two weeks ago that he sounded like he felt ready to go then so I, I think they they you know at a push they probably could put them both in or at least one of them in against crew so I think that the two-week break from their perspective has been quite useful I would be surprised if we saw both of them from the start. I think we might continue to see the the Brennan and Blake Tracy plus one at the back. And then, you know, as the weeks go on, Clayton and McDonald will regain their places. But I, I, I don't think there's too much concern because of that extra time they've had to get completely ready. And they, you know, Clayton spoke about it and we'll get to it. But he said that essentially he didn't feel the need to rush himself at any point because there wasn't that big, large, looming game to to do it for yeah Baudry's a man of sandbanks he don't want to go out in the cold does he no he'll be happy on the bench with his blanket yeah you know he's 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 the glamour fixture man he's um 
that, I think that that rally driver from a while ago essentially only wanted to do Monaco. He's he he wants to do the big games. He is like last season. He came back when it was the summertime, and he was he was ready to play then. And then you get the best out of him. So just just let Baudry do what he wants. Let Baudry do what he wants. Hepburn Murphy's attitude was described in training as good, but also electrifying. Yeah, it was. It was. He was um, general training performance was electrifying, which mm. is it's a lovely word to hear. Um, I mean, having seen him very briefly on the pitch, I, I would tend to agree because he was—he looks very fast. Yeah. If they if they say he needs one more week, I'd add two because you know if, so that electrifying pace might have a detrimental impact on him given his injury record. So I, I would take it real easy with Hepburn Murphy. There really isn't a rush, is there? Yeah, I think there are there are a few forwards on you know who are on the bench anyway. We've got. Shade and Adeloy and Williams coming back in, so there's no real need to rush him. I think he might ask for a week on top of that, so he doesn't have to go up to Barrow as well. But yeah, I think I think you're right that we probably won't see him at Wimbledon. This is just sort of an optimistic estimate of when he could, in theory, play, but won't. Money that he does the presser next week. <laughs> I mean, I'd be very happy to speak to him. He was great last time. Oh, lovely. Formation chat. Inevitable question about formations. What was Scotland's he asked about here? I was very glad about this answer because it's something that I've had to explain to a few people in the immediate aftermath of that crew game. But he was asked about the differences in formation. and Lindsay put, said that, Essentially, formations are only really where you're standing at kickoffs. That's not really relevant to how the rest of it plays out, and whether it's four three three, three five two, the diamond, the shape is it in itself actually exactly the same. You just have different personnel based on who's available and who's the best fit for that particular game. It doesn't actually matter because if it's four three three, Wakefield will playing on the wing in theory, but he's playing quite centrally and more like a striker. And obviously in a three five two, he's a striker. So it, it doesn't change too much. I think people kept saying to me after the crew game, you know, why are we playing three centre backs at home? I was like, Well, when we build up in a four back, we have we keep four players back, the two centre mids and the two centre backs, and then the other players go forward. And then when it's three at the back, it's three centre backs and one centre midfielder back. And then the rest go forward. So it there isn't actually a difference. And do they do they take heed to this sage advice? No, they don't. I've just got, yeah, but it's defensive. Like, I mean, not really, but <laughs> I can good. see this is going nowhere. Well, you tried. I, 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 I you know, I, I feel like I've dedicated myself to, to try and get a bit of um, football analysis in this season, but I, I don't know how deep it's going into the uh, consciousness. Mm, yeah. Okay. Well, I wish you well on your ongoing quest to change the world. Let's talk about Crawley Town then. So in terms of the season, just one win in their first 12 League Two games or six points from a possible 36, if you want to talk about it in that way. But they've turned it around a wee bit uh, with a record since of, well, they've won four, drawn six, and lost nine all season, only 18 points. Uh, over the last year or so, they've they've made the news because they're owned by crypto sports company Wagme United. And they, of course, have raised many eyebrows since they took over. They installed Kevin Betsy, who was a hugely, or is a hugely respected 
development manager who was at Arsenal under-21s, but they sacked him in October and replaced him with former Spurs and West Ham midfielder Matthew Etherington, who also brought his ex-teammate and Wales international Simon Davies with him. The statement of intent over the summer was, of course, the signing of League 2 top scorer from last season, Dom Telford from Newport. But they also enticed one Dion Conroy to the Broadfield Stadium, having been released from a certain Swindon town. For both of them, it's not going too well. Telford has two goals in 16 games and he's struggled, uh, while Conroy has struggled with fitness. Six games this season in the league and he hasn't played for a month. Uh, I did a quick sweep, Joe, and it looks like they've played across the uh, competitions. They've played over 30 players this season so far. Their last result was a nil-nil draw against Ginningham. You know, that's not a crime of the century, is it? Uh, seeing that's what we did too. What does Scott Lindsay... Well, the, the funny thing was there was a question asked about our bad record against Crawley. But first of all, he was having none of that. Yeah, he was having absolutely none of it. It was the stock, I, I think I brought up a few times, stock football manager press conference. Uh, you've got a bad record against this team. Does that matter? No, no, it doesn't. That was that was pretty much as far as that went. He's wasn't entertaining that different team, different season. Uh, they've literally just changed their manager to Matthew Everington. I think that was the main subject of of much of the t- Crawley chat about you know what on earth that's going to bring. But yeah, he was he was not too interested in the fact that Swindon aren't very good against Crawley. Yeah, I would like to say like every season is different, but then I see our Cheltenham Town record, and it's it's hard. <laughs> So hard to agree with that sort of sentiment, isn't it? Well, that's literal hoodoo at this point. I don't think the, the, the Cheltenham <laughs> one is, it, it doesn't make sense, but it will continue to happen for as long as we all live. Yeah. Last season, we drew at the county ground 1-1 and we lost away 3-1. You're on the Swindon beat, so I don't expect you to be an expert on Crawley, but I look at their position, I see their points, I see they're struggling, but there's still a little bit of me that thinks that we might struggle this weekend. Tell me why I'm wrong. Well, I mean, I went to Crawley last year and saw a, a, a Swindon team that was easily as good, if not better than this one, play a worse Crawley team in terms of personnel and play and get drugged anyway. So I, I don't know. It's This Crawley team, in terms of players, should be better than they are. I mean, in terms of team building, we don't know about Wagner United so much, but you know, they've got a lot of High-profile players, James Balgazi in midfield from Liverpool, obviously Dom Telford. Uh, there are no real prizes going for anyone who predicted Dion Conroy might have struggles of injury again. But, you know, he's, he's a very good player at the back. And from the highlights, I know that goalkeeper is very tall. So I don't know if that comes into it, but he is. So, I mean, we just don't know. It, it sounded from everything Scott Lindsay said that he's got absolutely no idea what Crawley are going to be doing because... Ebrington has never been a permanent manager anywhere. I think he's managed one or two matches of senior football ever. And they were as a caretaker for Peterborough last season whilst they were getting battered in the championship. So on Crawley's end, it's an absolute mystery what the hell is going to happen. I'm trying to think of the goalkeeper. Is it the one they've gotten known from Brentford, Bell Balcom? Who's... Um, I, I don't know if it's him. I'm I'm not sure which of the goalkeepers. He I just he just always strikes me as being very tall. A very tall goalkeeper. We'll we'll see who we get on Saturday, and we'll all judge him on his height. Were you surprised that Crawley went for another development manager? Or do you think this is more name? I know Matthew Ev- Matthew Everington isn't exactly you know a world beater, but 
he's well known amongst a generation of fans for the amount of times he played in the Premier League. Were, were you surprised that they, they went for this duo instead of maybe the sort of managers that, that Crawley have usually appointed over the years? Well, I'm I'm hoping he brings vintage Pulis ball, but I, there's it is a bit odd, I think, that you go from someone, you bring you do spend all this money in the summer and then have Kevin Betsy there who has virtually no first-team experience. And then that goes wrong and you get rid of him. And then you bring in someone else with virtually no first-team experience. I, I mean, it's clearly a strategy, but it just feels like, you know, if, if this one thing doesn't work, then you might want to try and change it a little bit, especially mid-season. I, I find it strange that they've gone for someone like Everington when when Betsy really didn't work. Yeah, other Swindon links in this side, Mark Marshall, but he hasn't played in the league yet and Jack Powell had a trial at Swindon a few years back he's one of their regulars so much uh, rotation in their squad this season which is never a good sign but they do as you they do have plenty of you know experienced players Tony Craig the defender he's there they've got players that they've had for a good few years too like George Framcombe and the guy that's scoring the goals, and I think he was mentioned by Scott Lindsay, wasn't he? Which is Ashley Nadeson, wasn't it? Or is that how you pronounce it? I don't know. I think it's Nadeson, but it, it could be Nadeson. Uh, yeah, he's been good for a few years for Crawley. I can remember they had a cup run two years ago, maybe, maybe it three, where he, you know, he scored some big goals for them. And so he's, you know, him and Telford in theory should be a good strike partnership. It's not working quite as well in reality, but you know. There is definite quality in this Crawley team. Yeah, yeah. With Telford, it, it's interesting because you know he could score a hat trick against Swindon and you know make me look thoroughly stupid. But he has reverted to the sort of strike ratio that he was experiencing before the wonderful campaign he had with Newport last year. Yeah, I think I might have brought this up. I don't know if I brought this up on here or somewhere else, but you know, he essentially as soon as Courtney Baker Richardson got injured last season, Dom Telford's form fell off a cliff. So I, I I think I don't know if it's entirely because of Baker Richardson that he was good, but it it seems it seems to have gone that way, and he is very much playing like Dom Telford normally plays. He's not done the Paul Mullen where he he has that breakout season and then keeps going, but um you know he's at this point now guaranteed to score and cup his ears to Swindon fans like he used to do. How many other people you're talking to, Joe? Um, I don't, it's probably Ryan that I mentioned this to. I'm not sure. <laughs> How's he getting on? Um, he, he, he texts me to ask about invoices every now and then. But other, other than that, I'm not sure. Oh, a little peep behind the curtain there. Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I literally wish I never asked. <laughs> Well, you know, you can always cut it out. <laughs> I absolutely will not. So, I mean, is that is that all we're getting in terms of Crawley? I think we've given given Crawley a, a, a little bit extra, but what, I just don't know. It's not because of form either. I just it, maybe it was the three one loss earlier in the year, calendar wise. Maybe that's at the back of my mind that this is the sort of place we'll go, regardless of form, and just and just struggle. It's the sort of fixture that you want after the, the crew game, isn't it, really? Well, yeah, you always... You know, I think Scott Lindsay said it every which way in terms of what type of team you want to be playing. But, you know, a, a team that is struggling and is lacking for stability in the dugout and has leaked goals at times as well. Like, a, a team like Swindon who aren't scoring too many 
um, it feels like the type of game we should go and win. But I, I just generally believe that bad juju is a real thing for Swindon Town and the fact that our record against Crawley isn't so good other than the immediate years after their promotion, you know, like 10 years ago, there is it It makes sense that it will continue to be bad. Yeah. Scott Lindsay, when he was asked about returning to winning ways, he kind of suggests that this game is suddenly a little bit trickier because they've got a new manager in Etherington. Yeah, it was, it was the major theme of the Crawley chat was, well, I mean, we've tried to find out what Crawley are like, but we've got no idea what Everington's going to do here because, he, you know, I think he said that he's become quite familiar with the Peterborough under-23s quite a lot to try and find their formations and things. But it's uh, you would think, especially coming in this week, that maybe he would try and keep it at least somewhat similar. But it's it's difficult just because it's an unknown and Swindon can't really prep for any specific tactical things that Crawley might try. Should we be more understanding of that if Etherington reinvents Crawley in one week or whatever and you know they play us off the park or they get a win whatever should we be more understanding of that if that was to happen well I don't know if the answer is should the question should be should we or will we and the the answer is very much no it won't be it'll be we these guys just got the job Lindsay doesn't know what he's doing I I mean that will be the reaction I think I, I think you know you have to factor it in to, to any result here that Swindon were coming up against someone they, they just couldn't work out going into the game because they were sort of the guinea pigs to Everington's Crawley. But as, as I say, I, I would be very surprised if that level of nuance was brought into the reaction, especially, be it, albeit two weeks ago, off the back of what happened against Crewe. This is proper devil's advocate chat at the moment because I'm, I'm more than aware that this is loser talk that I'm, <laughs> that, I'm, that I'm spewing out of my mouth. Yeah, it's good to know you've got, gone in with the right mentality for this game where you're very much <laughs> setting us up for the worst and getting ahead yeah, of it. It just means I'm going to enjoy the weekend pod all the more when I'm proved wrong for something I'm not predicting necessarily, but I don't, know, I don't really know where I'm going with this, Joe. Well, I'm, I'm sure you managed to dig yourself out of it, but it's always it's always important, which is something my brother's done all World Cup, which is just to leave enough nuggets that you can say that you were right, even if that isn't actually what you said at all. <laughs> uh, it's a good tactic. We're all just dusting off the cobwebs of, of the press, aren't we? It's been a while. It feels like an absolute eternity. December's here. And Scott Lindsay was asked about it, and I imagine it wasn't what was in his first door of his uh, advent calendar. No, he was, he was sort of t- told, I guess, that November was bad and what, what the <laughs> hay. But uh, yeah, it was, it was sort of, it was the kind of Lindsay answer to how Swindon play. It was, it was about, that. well, we dominated the ball, we did all these things, we didn't win anyway, but we did them. So yay. And it was, it was I think, a message of hope, maybe, to that December's going to be good. And Swindon are going to go on their winning run, although, you know, it, it just feels like this Swind- this season keeps stuttering along and keeps feeling like it's going to get better and then maybe doesn't. So it very much is remaining to be seen. Yeah, very interesting fixtures coming up. Crawley away, then Wimbledon at home, Barrow away, 17th of December, which feels like the bleakest fixture um, we could possibly uh, ask for. And then Walsall on Boxing Day. And then we finish the year at Northampton and start the year away at Colchester. This could really go either way, I think. And there, there's some tough fixtures in this, isn't there? Yeah, I feel like they're all kind of middling teams until yeah. you get to Northampton. So they're all teams that 
are in a position where they can go on a run, so you don't really know where where they are. So yeah, it's it could be definitive. I don't know if I want to say go that far, but if Swindon don't get too many results, then this could end up being a bit of a mid-table slog. Rather, but if but if it goes well, then we'll be very much in in the thick of the playoffs. I'll tell you, we'll be seventh still, and nothing has changed, and we're still here. And it's whatever happens in March and April that's going to define our season, isn't it? Yeah, I think you're right on that one, definitely. Yeah, okay. Um, One last thing um, before we get to your questions. Scott Lindsay was asked about his job. Yeah, he's loving life. He he loves being on the grass. He loves organising the team, preparing the tactics, watching the games back when they play well, being being in match day scenarios when it goes well. Um, you know, he's, he's sounds like he's having a he's having a ball of a time being the manager, uh, even if it's go. I mean, it's going pretty well. You know, he's he was uh, certainly brought up once again that best start in sixteen years stat that we were where we were a few weeks ago. So yeah, he's, he sounds like he's enjoying it, which which is good for him. Good, yes, I think it's finely poised at the moment, isn't it? It's finely poised. It could go still either way, but at the moment it's broadly positive. Let's listen to your questions. Yay. Yeah, um, Scott, obviously you've had um, two weeks of out again. You said earlier in the season that you'd only had the one day off since you started. Have you had any chance to sort of relax a bit, take a bit of time? I did, Joe. Thanks for asking. Thank you. Yes, I did. I did. I did have... Um, I did have a day where I sat on the sofa and did nothing. Sounds lovely. So, yes, I did. <laughs> I watched some FA Cup games and did nothing. FA Cup instead of World Cup? Yes, I did, yeah. I watched the FA Cup games, yeah. So, it was good. Thank you for asking. My, my pleasure. And then, um, to do with, um, obviously, Matthew Everton coming in, um, Andrew said mostly Peterborough under 23s, and he managed maybe one or two games as caretaker at Peterborough. Can you take anything from the fact that they played Fulham? I mean, what can you grasp from his previous work? Well, I think the, the main thing is is to look at kind of formations he's played. If we can, if we can look at what formations he's played, and if there's any trends in in terms of as he played that formation every time he's managed a team, or as he played the formation every time he's t- taken the under twenty threes, then maybe that might be something he does with Crawley. You know, we don't know until we get the team sheet, and even then we probably won't know because. There'll be names on there that maybe can play in different slots until they maybe kick off. You'll you'll look and, and see what, what formation they'll play. But we've certainly done our our digging. Whether that digging will will kind of help or not, we don't know, but we will certainly try. We you've said before you are happy with the number of shots, chances you're creating, but the goals don't seem to have come through as much as you would like. Is there stuff that you can do to really create more or find a way to just score more goals against those deep defence? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question and I think there is. I think there is work to be done still on the training ground and we've we've looked at it. Like I say, we had 56 box entries last week. 35 was from the right, 17 from the left and 4 through the middle. Whereas I think I think there's spaces for us to play through the middle more um, and I don't want to be a team that just relies solely on Romeo Hutton crossing the ball and we score from that, that side all the time. I think there's other spaces and other ways to to get to, you know, to create these chances. Thank you, John. So there we have it. You asked Lindsay about if he has had any time off, how he prepares for a rookie manager 
and what they can do to convert more chances against low blocks. Are you happy with your responses? Yes, I mean, I, I just thought it was important to check in with Scott and see how he's <laughs> getting on, because we learned earlier in the season that he'd only had one day off since he took the job, and I thought, I mean, he had he had two weeks off here, so hopefully he's taken some time to himself, and you know, he, he, he took time off, got away from football, sat on the couch and watched football, so that was good to know. Football man. Football man. Nice. Cool. Tom Clayton was the player guest. He's been massively missed, hasn't he? Absolutely. He was you know, he was playing outstandingly well by the time he, he got injured. I mean, he went off and then Swindon became much better. I don't know if that was necessarily because Kieran Brennan was on the pitch against Mansfield, but it did happen. But yeah, he's been one of Swindon's standout players this season, for sure. He's defied all, all expectations to where in the same way Jacob Wakeling has to where he would be at this point in his Swindon career. He's looked so commanding and good on the ball um, in his time. So it's you know it's great to have him back. Yeah, and obviously he's asked about the World Cup. How has he found uh, the television watching experience? Yeah, he's, he's, he seemed a little bit disappointed that it's not barbecue season during the World Cup and he's had to be inside a bit more. But he, he's enjoying it a, a decent amount. He, was, uh, he sounded very disappointed not to be able to see Johnny Williams on the pitch, but it sounds like Johnny Williams has been ghosting them all in the group chat since he went off with his cool mates like Gareth Bale. Oh, but, um, is that yeah, right? Yeah, he's well, he's you know he's 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 busy, so it's acceptable. But you know he doesn't sound like he's been in the group chat too much, and he was also getting to see um he was not I think whilst we were recording Canada were playing and uh, he knows Liam Miller from the Liverpool Academy, so he's got a couple more um, World Cup friends. To, to be watching out for as well. So he's you know, he's definitely enjoying it. And he said that, you know, when players like Van Dijk are playing, it is quite good to be able to watch what they're doing and try and learn off that a little bit whilst you're, whilst you're relaxing. Oh, that's nice. Uh, yeah, big injury for Tom Clayton, but he's back. Great to see and hear. Um, what do we have to say about his injury and fitness generally? Yeah, he didn't like watching Spindon very much. He's, he's mm. not one of those who can... Who can watch a team that he feels like he should be in, but obviously the injury was meant that it couldn't be quite so. Um, sort of relatable at times as well. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I couldn't. I'd be a bit surprised because I love watching that crew game. Brilliant, brilliant <laughs> stuff against Tranmere as well. Um, yeah, it was. It, he was. Um, yeah, he said he was back in training before crew, which I believe Scott Lindsay did tell us. But he's. Um, he's just as I said earlier on. He's been able to build his fitness up to a level where he is fully ready to play now without having to maybe try and rush it a little bit to get back to a game that would have been last week so he looked so he's been able to get his fitness to a to a good place for Swindon which hopefully will will mean there isn't a huge chance of a reoccurrence yeah he said touch wood that this is the end of it it would be nice to have that level of power wouldn't it it would be it would be good he did he did literally touch wood at the time thankfully for the the wooden desk in the press room so uh, right. hopefully that will um, that will stave off all bad demons he was asked about getting on back on the pitch would you i mean is there any noise about swindon having friendlies or development games during during this time out has, has there been any word of that there certainly wasn't any reference to it he, you know lindsay didn't mention that they'd had some sort of game time it was all you know training work that he spoke about so if they have had one, they certainly haven't let on. Yeah. Okay. And he was, and he, he was asked about the Crawley game too, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, it's, you know, looking to to what it was like for him in terms of 
um, playing you know, playing against Matthew Everington, and if there'd been anything, they were they were told about it. But it was very much that it sounds like they've been very much briefed on what they can do to hurt Crawley more than anything else. They're concentrating on themselves because they sort of have to this week, even though Lindsay talks about it most of the time anyway. Uh, he talk, said the, the keys to winning would just be Swindon turning up and playing properly. And, and then that should be good enough in this game. Yeah, and the player that you mentioned before, James Balagizi, he's a, oh, is he a teammate of Tom Clayton's or he's just a few, maybe a year or two below at Liverpool? Yeah, I think he's a little bit younger, but he said he, do, he does know him from, from the academy. So they had had some some togetherness. He said he's uh, will probably have a chat with him after the game. Hopefully, after Swindon have won it, and that will be a nicer conversation for him to have. But to talk about what a what a good player he is, so he, it's definitely someone for us to watch out for at the weekend. Yeah, and finally, he was asked about the season in general so far for Swindon. Yeah, he was. He's you know he's it's kind of the the line that's been crossed out at all points for this, but it's. As I usually as I usually caveat that with it is roughly accurate. It's it's been a solid start, definitely something to build on. But Swindon are in a good position for this point in the development of the team. Mm. Let's listen to your question. Tom, I'm just most interested. Who was the best at water polo when you guys went to play? <laughs> oh, that, that, that was a good laugh. That was um, definitely wasn't uh, seeded. He was terrible. Uh, no, it was a good laugh. I don't think anyone stood out. It was a bit of a free throw, but no, it was a good laugh. Enjoyed that. I think that was good for the lads. Just a, you know, a bit of competitiveness that was on football, and everyone had a smile on the face. It was a good, good uh, hour or so there. Yeah, is it good for you guys to do non-football stuff sometimes? Because I imagine it can get quite focused. Yeah, I think t- that Tuesday, I just think we went completely somewhere new. Um, it was nice to have a change of scenery and etc. Just to kind of, not even refresh, just different change of scenery, different surroundings, and I think the lads really enjoyed it. It was a good day out. That's all for me. Thanks, Tom. Cheers, thank you. Water polo. No football for this guy. I I really am on this on this beat to get all the water polo info. And I was very excited to have that opportunity to ask it after the Swindon players last week all went to um to a leisure centre and played water polo. And there's really nothing more than that, is there? Well, he's been asked about the injury and what it was like in rehab and getting back on the pitch. There's not loads of more places for me to go. So I thought is to have a nice, light-hearted chat about how Saidu Khan isn't very good at water polo. Ah, well, there we go. That's the big news. The big news indeed. So we're at December 1st, and there was no questions about squad size, rebuild, players going, players coming in. What's going on? Yeah, I think maybe we're a week, two weeks off of that going into its full flow. I think uh, hopefully we won't have to talk about rebuilds anytime soon. But yeah... I think the only real question that I I maybe thought about asking, but I asked a bunch of other things, was about that that backup goalkeeper. But it very much looks like they're not going to get one at this point. It'll be Jack Copland for the, to the moon. So um, <laughs> yeah, hopefully I think we'll get more stuck into that as Advent progresses. Okay, well that's good because let's be honest, that's what most people are going to be listening out for. They're certainly going to be listening out for score predictions as well. We both woefully. Well, we've had two bad ones, haven't we? Um, our optimism for crew, mine more than anyone. Goodness me, 3-0 win prediction. <laughs> um, and Tramier were both big duds. I'm going 1-1 for Crawley. Uh, given I'm trekking all the way there, I'm going to go positive and say 2-1 to Swindon. Oh, yes, please. Oh, that would be nice and a perfect way to get back 
two winning ways. I think that's everything, isn't it, Joe? I think that's about it, yes. Oh, lovely. Well, thank you very much and speak to you next week. Speak to you soon. The Lone Strangers is an independent podcast and views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The intro music of the presser is by the amazing Drag Me Down, influenced by the great Matthew Kilford. And the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Has a bubble? Oh, yeah. Football man. Football man. Nice. Cool. Um, let us talk... Tom Clayton was the player guest. He's been... Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.